Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by hipstersofthecoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at patreon.com slash leavingalegacy. Magic is power. of the Leaving a Legacy podcast. I'm Jerry Me uh, doing the intro this week. You guys know what that means. Pat, unfortunately, cannot join us tonight. Uh, he got cold, called into work, uh, but that's okay because I'm taking over the show today. And you know what that means? We're talking about what I want to talk about. And what I want to talk about is sneaking show. So to help me with this great endeavor, I've welcomed onto the cast uh, Brian Northrup. How's it going, Brian? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> uh, good to be here. Good to be on the show. It's a shame Pat couldn't uh, couldn't make it tonight, but happy to uh, you know try at least to. <laughs> fill those shoes <laughs> exactly well i'm sure you will more than manage and i mean if nothing else we got lots to talk about because brian you recently uh came in second place in a uh, uh new jersey tournament uh over at the uh bearded dragon games uh rocking my favorite deck with the sneaking show so wanted to chat with you about it how, how did that go yeah so we, we actually wound up splitting top four uh in the end, so oh was, so it was, it was but um excellent yeah. Did you guys yeah, play but, uh, it out? Did you play it out for the placements or was it? Well, yeah, we played out the top eight and then, uh, no, I think they just randomly assigned like, you know, oh, they just randomly assigned. So yeah. even, <laughs> even, <laughs> even better than second place. You know, the, <laughs> the, the phantom first is what we'll actually call it. <laughs> I mean, the, the way it worked out, like the, it was a one K, but on top of that, they were giving away one of those hit who go like, uh, you know, neon cards were not like the red one or like the most valuable but uh-huh. it, i don't know it came out to like at the time like 200 something so that added we just split store credit for that value as well so splitting between the four of us we all got more than second place would have gotten anyway wow. from playing so we were like all right yeah let's just do that yeah do when the math just works out good thing pat's not here because he would be launching into a tirade about you know no splits kill them all so uh <laughs> <laughs> i would have been down to play i would have been down to play but uh yeah, I was I was undefeated on the day prior to that, so I I, I very much was uh, looking to do it. But um, hell yeah! Well, I guess before we get ahead of ourselves, you want to tell our listeners um, kind of a little bit about yourself, how you got into magic and legacy, and then you know sneaking show. Yeah, so uh, I'm Brian Northrup. Um, <laughs> like long grew up on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know I. I for hiking through the mountains, but oh, okay. <laughs> got a, we got a mountain mountain boy. <laughs> uh, to actually, uh, to go off of that a bit, uh, the way I got into magic back in the day was in like going from fifth grade into middle school. Um, I joined Boy Scouts, and uh, that was my first uh, interaction with magic. Um, uh, yep. I knew yeah nothing about it prior to i mean i'd been in pokemon cards and i'd seen them i knew that they existed but like knew nothing Mm -hmm. about the game go on a few camping trips all the guys there you know have their decks and everything i see you know people playing with you know elves and all that type of stuff this was around like well the first pack i wound up getting was a tournament pack for invasion so it was around at that point it was a little after invasion had come out yeah what's that like like 
2002, something like that. Maybe. Uh, maybe yeah, like 2000. Maybe, maybe like 1999. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Something. Um, and yeah. So, I mean, immediately got hooked i'm the type of person who just like <laughs> if i start doing something i'm doing it all the way so oh yeah I we start... ca- we call that an addictive personality yeah. is yeah. what we refer yeah. to that as. <laughs> definitely got one of those uh <laughs> so yeah i started out i was like ooh, these elves look really cool so i start you know building an elf deck and then i'm like oh these slivers look really cool those whatever and um i start playing you know casually with them for a while but like try hard casually you know like i'm trying to get the good cards and like reading all the articles on star city games and all that type of stuff eventually finally start going to tournaments around like mirrodin um get into standard get into extended at that point in time yep and then uh i fell out of it a little bit um during the tail end of high school going into college but then in college i was like oh uh, there's this format legacy. Um, I don't need to get any new cards for it because I already had dredge from extended mm. and affinity from standard and extended. So I was like, oh, okay, I can just play with the cards I already have. I don't feel like, you know, I'm a poor college student. Right. So like, yep. uh, that's uh, they, they get you with the, the <laughs> idea that you don't need to keep buying all these cards all the time. That's, that's <laughs> right. how they rope you in. As I think a lot of uh, legacy players know. Yeah. And then um, very shortly after that, it's like, oh, well, I've already got these like LEDs and everything, which I had gotten, you know, in high school when they were, you know, 12 bucks or something. I'm right. like, oh, might as well just build, you know, Ant uh, at the time. And so I see, you know, I'm on my way. Right. And I, I start becoming yep. a storm player, I get into tests. Um, back in Twiz was at this point, it was like 2010, 2011. Uh-huh. Um, and then I go on from like 2014 ish until late, like mid to ish 2018. I go on a hiatus. Don't really do anything with the game. Come back in around like gate crash ish mm-hmm. um, and start playing tests again. And then uh, I mean, I, I just I don't know. The, the amount of decks that I have now is somehow ballooned to a, a ridiculous amount. Popping <laughs> around quite a bit. But um, yeah, that's basically, that's how I got into it. Um, primarily a combo player. I do also yep. play some Delver, but uh, the, these days I haven't been. I, I, I'm kind of similar to Pat in that um, I Blue Red Delver's great. have a lot of fun playing it. The last time I really enjoyed playing it was like when Dreadhorde Arcanist was in it just before Ren and Six was like printed. Yeah, right. At that point, of course, I, was, I started playing you know, rug Delver and then four color Delver. That was insane. I mean, that was yeah, right. amazing. But like blue red, I liked it at that point, but now it's, uh, I mean, you're the boogeyman. If you walk in the room with that and like, I just like all the great combo decks that are around right now. So uh, yeah, nice. clearly I've been uh, into those. So why'd you choose to, uh, you know, play sneak and show for this event? So, I mean, you obviously have a lot of choices available to you. Um, you know, you seem to be you know, more of a combo player. Do you feel sneak and show is the best position combo deck right now? Or was what went into your kind of deck choice for the day? So the week before I wound up showing up with, um, I showed up to a tournament with in Tombsday and, uh, I did a, which I, I love that deck just cause it's, you, you know, you start out with a tin fins plan. And then they side in all their graveyard hate and you juke them to doomsday. Um, and that's, you know, hilarious when that plays out like that. But 
Um, so I entered with that at a local. And then the following week, I was going to enter with it again. And instead, at the last second, I just randomly decided to audible onto Sneak and Show. Like I had it sleeved up. It was there. I just I, I was like, you know what? Sneak, I saw like a ton of eight cast around the room, mm-hmm. which is like a plague at my store. Like it's everyone and their mother is on eight cast these days. But um, and I was like, ah, I feel like having access to like meltdowns and whatnot, like that seems good. Um, so I just audibled onto it and I went 3060 at that local and then this event was that weekend uh like two days later so uh i was like uh, i feel like i have to run it back you know it's like yeah. you, you have a perfect performance you're like I, I can't just walk away from this um yeah so that was uh it was literally just happenstance that i decided to pull pull it out that night and then uh yeah you can't walk away from perfection <laughs> exactly exactly well let, let's dive into the list because you definitely have some uh, interesting choices in here that i love to talk about um you know it's a fairly stock list but you uh definitely have some flex slots to talk about um i guess first off let's just start with the land base um yeah you're running three ancient tomb uh two city of traders uh three island one mountain three volcanic islands and then four scouting tarn, three misty rainforest, and then a besage you. So a couple, couple questions about that. First of all, with the besage you, um, that's something that's really fallen out of fl- uh, favor with sneak and show players recently. You know, I don't think I've seen one make it into a list in quite some time. What made you want to, uh, you know, sleeve the besage you up? So I, I love besage you. I mean, especially I know some people don't love it against Delver, but I mean. To me, if I'm using Besaju, I'm usually trying to bait Delver to take out like a uh, volcanic at first, right? Mm-hmm. Like if they've got like I'll just play a volcanic or I'll fetch early. I'll do something that looks ostensibly stupid uh, to try and get that out of them, and then play. I mean, Besaju if they don't have the the wasteland, I mean, good luck to Delver. Like, uh, it, you know, you just yeah, I- win. I guess some of the kind of uh, to let our listeners know who might not be as familiar with the deck, you know, a big complaint with Pesagio is that it comes into play tapped. So against wasteland decks, uh, such as, you know, lands, I mean, it doesn't really matter against lands, but specifically uh, Delver wasteland variants, um, even though it seems like it would be your best friend, it can also really set you back because you play it tapped, don't get to use it, and then they just waste it out from under you. And then also is the fact that Besaju actually only counts for instance and sorceries, so it doesn't help you cast your sneak attacks, which is typically why we usually sell see Besaju in the uh, the Omni Show variants, since they're much more reliant on on uh, show and tell. But uh, was it just kind of good for you during the day? Like, did it, did you? Oh feel, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. I guess we can talk about it in a, in a sec. But um, yes, I. Definitely like to drink that. In fact, since this tournament, I've gone up to uh, adding one in the sideboard in addition to the main deck one. So oh, I definitely wow. uh, am a huge. Uh, also, because there is a bunch of like, uh, there's the Jess guy days undoing decks now. There's, I mean, even uh, going up against like eight casts, right? Like being able to yeah. cast it uncounterably. Yeah, they're they're running force of wills. I mean, I guess, I guess that just kind of speaks to the meta that there's a lot of counter decks now that aren't actually running wastelands you know we're not seeing the you know half the room playing blue red delver packing counters and wastelands it's now you know a lot more decks out there that are you know bringing force will to the table but not necessarily backing it up with wastelands 
Right. He, I mean, even Doomsday. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, there, there's so many of the, the top decks now that do that. Uh, so, yeah. I, and there's a lot of fair blue in general where I play. Mm-hmm. Bearded Dragon, by the way, in New Jersey. I think a decent number of people probably. Yeah. Yeah. I feel I, I just know because they have the sweet logo. They have the yes. like the two dragons that form the silhouette of a guy with a hipster beard. So yeah, I, it is a very sweet logo. Anybody yeah. uh, if you want to <laughs> Google it? Um, yeah, I've never I've never been to the store, but I see them at like I they were always like running vendor tables at Star City Games events and GPs and things like that. They're they're definitely a very well known uh, you know vendor in the the legacy community um that's awesome Do, does beer dragon have a pretty good uh legacy scene scene it seems like yeah the, we play every wednesday um we also a couple times a month right now it looks like they might change this somewhat now with the rise of pioneer but uh, as of now on top of the wednesday nights they're also doing every other weekend on friday nights uh and then once a month they're doing these 1ks so uh it's a pretty solid amount of support um and yeah a lot of those players will also go to a bunch of other tournaments around the area obviously you know you're in the new york new jersey area there's uh plenty of plenty of legacy action to uh get in we're lucky you know yeah for sure that's awesome I'm, I'm really glad to see you know more stores step up and you know we're we're seeing the larger and larger tournaments creep up so I'm waiting for the 5Ks. The 5K is when I start, right, you know, yeah. tra- crossing state borders. That's that's when I start traveling. <laughs> so hopefully, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm thinking about the uh, the Pittsburgh one, uh, the Star yep. City Games one. I'm contemplating going to that one right now. Hell yeah! Uh, well, awesome. Um, and before I forget, actually, the other thing I wanted to mention is. Uh, you're pretty heavy on the basics. Um, you're running three islands in a mountain, um, trimming a looks like trimming a fetch land, and also just kind of going up on the lands. You're running twenty lands um, with the list. Uh, do you just feel like you wanted that that uh, more access to basics? You know what what's kind of bringing that on? So having the the extra land Viseju is the extra land for me basically. so yeah so that is that is so, the extra one so the the other right. shavings are for the basics mm-hmm. um yeah and just having the extra i mean when you need basics you need basics and yeah. uh yeah i just generally also nowadays uh i mean we can get into it in a sec but with like the sideboard having options to like blow up artifacts and everything it's wound up coming up a number of times now already where uh, a lot of people will talk about kappa as though because it has the word for it's like de facto uh you know hex proof or whatever uh-huh. but i mean in a deck with soul lands and everything like uh it's surprising the degree of times like you can wind up actually yeah, upgrading yeah. or red blasting a kappa right um, right it's completely not out of the question. So um, having the extra lands to be able to do that. And then also, uh, you know, in the board, having the uh, benevolent. Uh, uh, malevolent Hermit. The, uh, yeah, Malevolent Hermit. There you yeah, go. Yeah, I wanted to uh, talk to you about that because that's that's the newest addition to the deck, too. So, so yeah, I mean, Malevolent Her- Hermit is kind of mana hungry. So just having that, uh, you know, a little bit extra uh, mana to, to cast those higher end stuff. Do you feel like I feel your mana base is kind of a little bit slower than normal. Do you feel like you've played a more defensive game with the list? Yes, I do think that I've gotten, I think in the past I've been very proactive and very much 
you know, how you describe yourself often where, you know, <laughs> we're not here to not jam the show. <laughs> we didn't come here to not jam show and tell. <laughs> so that, that has historically been my thinking, but um, yeah, just recently, at least I've definitely preferred playing more defensively. There is a lot of fair blue where I play. So um, it kind of lends itself to, you know, beating you down into that mentality over time. Definitely. Awesome. Uh, let's take a look at the creature suite because you do have some interesting choices here. You're running, uh, you know, of course, four of uh, Big Daddy Grizzlebrand, uh, only three Emrakul, and the fourth Emrakul spot you decided to fill with a main deck Progenitus. What's, uh, what's that about? So I, I love the fact that you said only three Emrakul and you moved the other slot to be a Progenitus because there have been multiple people in like, you know, Sneak and Show Discord and everything who I multiple times have been like, for reasons I'll get into in a second, I swapped out the Emrakul for Progenitus. And they all keep coming back at me with, no, 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 you didn't remove an Emrakul. You removed, you know, what a preordain or whatever in <laughs> their like default list. I'm like, okay, uh, fair in your list it would have been a preordained in my list it would have been an emrakul like i, yeah. I yes um but so the reason that i uh, included that is i mean for a while i i do think that card's a slightly underrated not not by a ton but slightly but also now we've got so many things out here that uh can knock emrakuls out of play i mean you've got even nowadays we got odawaras and uh whatchamacallit uh aether spell bombs uh on top of obviously you've got the solitudes now you've got like there, there's just so many things out there uh that you know caracases all this type of stuff um where i want something that you know i get it in and you can't do anything to you know you've got you know one or two probably two hits and like can you do anything in that time through you know if i have any counter magic or whatever otherwise you're dead yeah to, to kind of to kind of give the listeners some history context on it, Progenitus was actually the one of the favorite creatures of Sneak and Show before Grizzlebrand was printed. You know, way back in the day before uh, you know uh, the original Innistrad block came out, um, the deck was you know four Emrakul, four Progenitus, and the problem being with it is that you know Progenitus and Sneakajack don't actually go that well together. It's like, yeah, you smack them in the face for ten damage, but that's all you do. And if you never draw another creature for the rest of the game, you're kind of screwed. And you actually ended up losing a lot of matches with that deck just because you know so often it would be like sneak attack and Progenitus dome you for ten, and then don't really get any other action for the rest of the game. Um, but yeah, like you said, people have definitely been sleeping on Progenitus. It still sees some play whenever I feel kind of Caracas is the card that it, it really gravitates around. Like the, with there are a whole bunch of white base decks running Caracas. That's when you start seeing Progenitus's in the sideboard. And, uh, this you're actually just, you know, you're, you're skipping the sideboard spot and just going straight to main deck. Yeah. Actually the, the week after this, um, uh, JPA had two in his sideboard, uh, yeah. so which I thought was, you know, awesome. I was <laughs> a fan of that uh, decision on his part. But yeah, I mean, so, yeah, Solitude and Crocus together. Like, if you're planning on playing Death and Taxes, I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, I like having access to it. Right. And I mean, it, it makes sense because, I mean, we are seeing death and taxes make a comeback. Um, you know, the blue white control decks, you know, doesn't really run Caracas all, all the time, but they do run it sometimes. So, I mean, it's always an option there, uh, the blue white control decks. Um, so, I mean, and then obviously, you know, decks like lands and stuff are always omnipresent. 
Uh, so, I mean, I, I can definitely see Progenitus having uh, some use in this meta. Um, and also, if you do show Intel it against a you know blue red Delver, it's not like they're going to do anything about it. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that um, You know, just because the biggest enemy of Progenitus in the past has always been sack effects. Um, you know, like edicts and, and whatnot. And if black is not really seeing a lot of play that we, you know, we've been talking about, uh, that that looks pretty good for progenitus. Yeah, I, and not the least of like these reasons is it's blue. It can pitch the force of will if you need yeah. to. And that, that comes up, you know, like it comes up. Yeah, that, that is nice having a creature that you can pitch the, to force. That that is that is very relevant. Have you uh, experimented with any other kind of creatures in the slots? Like, do you have any like pet pet creatures that you like to sneak attack in? Um, so I do play a good bit of reanimator as well. Um, so I, I mean, I, I will play a good bit with other fatties and everything. And like I said, I play in Tuesday, but um, in terms of, I'm trying to think with sneak and show, I don't think I've used, I think progenitus is pretty much the only other uh, guy I've snuck in there. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't know if you're trying out uh, what's the, the black archon, the, that reanimator has been using. Oh, a lot of. yes. Uh, holy crap. I've been blanking on the name yet, but no, I haven't used it in this particular build, even though obviously great reanimator. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Cruelty, archon of cruelty. Archon of Cruelty. I'm like, uh, Archon of Despair. It's something like that. Something <laughs> Archon, that. <laughs> Archon of something dark and evil. Uh, yep, yep. <laughs> um, and then also just running off this creature. I feel this actually kind of goes counterintuitive to, to the rest of your list. You're running the, you're running two Simeon Spirit Guides. Is that to kind of help compensate for the fact that you're you're a little bit slower, more defensive? You're, you're running that Simeon Spirit Guide to give you a bit more gas, or do you do you just really like the card? What's the thought process? Yeah, I, yes, it was more gas. I have since cut one of them for an extra omniscience. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's I mean to get you out there quicker. It's also I live for the moments where like somebody goes to days something and you have the, the spirit guide to pay for you know the hidden days <laughs> yep um i yeah i just i loved it like the god of moments so uh which you know whenever you get one of those it just feels fantastic <laughs> <laughs> awesome um and then the the cantrip suite is is pretty standard it looks like four brainstorm four ponder two preordain uh, that it feels pretty stocked. You know, some people do more preordained, some people don't. Um, but then the other one is for your counter magic suite. You're running four force of will and two spell pierce. So, you know, no fluster storms, no dazes. Um, that's kind of been a, a hot debate in the uh, the sneak and show community basically for the last you know year or two is you know today's or not today's in the list. So you you kind of fall under the the no days. Yeah. So I've definitely ran it with days a lot mm-hmm. in the past. But uh, again, playing the slightly more defensive style. And then also, you know, like I've obviously listened to this cast a bunch. I've heard your thoughts on this uh, a good deal. How, you know, you're I'm a very much get off my get off my lawn, you youngins. Take your days as you go. Ancient tomb, (laughs) lotus petal. There's no days access there. Yeah. yeah, so I'm definitely on your side of the fence in terms of uh, days, at least as of, you know, this moment in time. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then just you, you decide to go with the, the spell pierce over Flusterstorm. Yeah, there's just, I mean, 
you've got like you, you don't want really like teferis to land you don't the, there's just a number of i mean obviously you can hit a chalice which again going back to eight yeah. cast is a significant like concern in my meta so um yeah well it's also i mean we talked about this with brian cook when he was on the other week that uh you know, some of the best decks that Flusterstorm is against, you know, things like Ant and Tess and, and Doomsday, they're kind of on, on the downswing right now. You know, they're not as present in the meta. And we are seeing a lot more kind of like permanent, like you said, uh, like Teferis and especially just, you know, all everything in eight cast. <laughs> the, uh, the the spell pierces just seem to have a lot more targets than Flusterstorms these days. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think most of the things that, you know, you typically want, or you'd think that you'd want Flusterstorm against things like Tess. Uh, I mean, Tess is my favorite deck of all time. I, I like bow down at the altar of Ryan Cook. I'm you know, <laughs> a huge fan of everything he does. The EpicStorm.com, you know, his podcast, and all of that. Uh, it's great. Um, while it's obviously Flusterstorm's good against those decks, it's not usually any better really than spell like i they have so many ways to get around it and to protect themselves from it like i mean you're gonna fluster storm them and they're gonna veil and like it doesn't Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't matter right um so most of the time like i I would say it's a pretty small percentage of the time where this the um fluster storm is gonna get them but the spell pierce won't and then there's a significant portion of the time if you're expecting chalices or you know there's so many things now uh, that you want to be able to hit that Flusterstorm won't. I think that like the percentage game favors going with Spell Pierce. That's what I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, I mean, kind of the rest of the deck is, is pretty stocky. You got your four show and tell four sneak attack. That's your gas. And then uh, two omniscience. Um, so you actually went up on, on, on omniscience you mentioned. Yeah, I went up to a third again because of a lot of the bounce stuff that's around right now. I've yep. uh, liked having access to the extra. For sure. Uh, let's go jump into your sideboard because you definitely have uh, some interesting choices in here as well. Um, first and foremost, I want to talk about the Malevolent Hermit since that's the newest edition of the deck. Um, I keep telling myself that I'm going to try out Malevolent Hermit. And then every time I'm just like, eh, enter league with existing list. <laughs> let's, just, <laughs> let's just, let's just, it's working. So let's, let's not fix what's not broken, but tell me, tell me about running Malevolent Hermit. How, how have you found it? So, I, I mean, I've, I'm kind of lukewarm on it. I'm still, I have made some changes to my sideboard since then, but there's, they are still in it as of mm-hmm. right now. Um, I like, could you leave in, uh, you know, other things that have historically been in there in its stead? Yes, I think so. I don't think like there's a huge gain or loss if like you say wanted fluster storm or something in that slot. Um, I will say like the other week uh, on Wednesday, actually this week, I was uh, at a local and I was playing Doomsday against Doomsday, but I was mm-hmm. on the the fast version. They were on tempo and they land a uh, hermit and then. Um, well, I, I countered initially, and then they play the the flipped version, right? Which is like yep. what you want to get out, right? Right. Because then all your stuff's uncounterable. And then I say, okay, and then I cast Doomsday and win the game. Like, mm-hmm. whereas if like, so, so I I don't know exactly how like when it's good, it's good, but uh, it also opens you up to like it gives targets to a lot of you know. Um, prismatic endings it gives targets to so many of these other spells where 
I, I will say like at this event uh, in question, the, the only times it became relevant were uh, there were a couple times where I pitched it to force of will. Mm-hmm. And then uh, one time I got it on the board and then somebody directed the swords of plowshares at it. I sacked it in response to like, quote unquote, counter it, but just so I'd keep it in the graveyard as opposed to yeah. removing the game. And then I replay it and it like ate a force or something. So, I mean, I, and that's, it, I mean, that's doing its good, job. I guess it eats yeah. a force. Yeah. Um, is it like fantastic? No, I don't think so. But it's also like, it's a lot it, of mana it's, investment. It's it's you know it it's is. two to cast and three to disturb it. So you know that's five mana right there. That it yes, you can break it up over time, but it, it is just a lot to sink into a card that doesn't actually win the game on this on itself. Yeah, like I said, I, I am lukewarm on it. I, there's pluses in my I mean, if you can get it out there disturbed, then I mean, you know, you're golden. But mm-hmm. That's quite the investment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess for me right now in my list, that those two slots that I would I would cut for the Malevolent Hermit right now are Arcane Artisans, and I just okay. can't I just can't bring myself to cut the Arcane Artisans for him. I mean, I I am personally not the biggest fan of Artisan. I mm-hmm. I just think it gives targets to all the same removal. And uh, all yeah, that. exactly. It's but, it's a creature and it opens up all that. It's also expensive to to right. use and operate. If you, I mean, if you're expecting a decent amount of like reanimator something or other show and tell decks, obviously that's when it would be super useful. There is reanimator running around my area. I like, so I, you know, there, there's times where it's definitely useful. I think currently though, um, like, I mean, when you're going up against say, you know, eight cast Delver, um, I don't know, eight mulch is popular these days. Like a, a lot of these decks I feel like, uh, like, I, which of the top decks are you feeling like? Oh yeah, thank, thank goodness I have the artisans against right now. So for me, it's all, uh, honestly also a lot of the like blue white control lists and just okay. uh, you know, uh, you know, eight mulch things like that. It comes up too, and just that you know, if you get a malevolent hermit out and it's just chilling, you're at best chipping away at your opponent for two a turn. Whereas if you get the arcane artisan, you're actively digging for your your uh, combo. Like I, the fact that uh, that arcane artisan has draw a card on it, and you can draw a card every turn, is huge. You know, it's not like sneak and show has other stuff really to spend its mana on if it's not actively comboing. So the fact that we can just you know sink that mana every turn into drawing a card and getting closer, I've just won way too many games that have gone to top deck mode because of arcane artisan that I would have lost if I did not have that looter effect running. Okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. I, I would say the, the biggest problem that both uh, hermit and artisan have right now is that nowadays uh, Delver is in this incestuous state where it's like, you know, we're now seeing three pyroblast effects main. True. Which, uh, like uh, that's, a, that's a problem ridiculous. and more sideboard like uh, you know you've seen like five total copies like yeah the, is, the, uh, the pyroblast is honestly the bigger thing for me than like source of plowshares or um uh prismatic ending because typically you you have a gotcha moment where your opponent sides those out because i mean maybe the source of plowshares will stay in but most most players will side out just about all their you know small creature removal against sneak and show because they don't really have anything to use it on 
you would you would think that right that's what i but <laughs> i've definitely seen like uh like even in this tournament i played against a jess guy player and uh he had him in so uh, he just loved him anyhow i mean, yeah. can't can't win them all too <laughs> <laughs> sometimes your opponent just doesn't have anything else to side in so but, yeah, you know. yeah yeah i've definitely had you know post board games like white players leave them in and like prismatic ending like uh like lotus petals or what some of them think that's worth it so i yeah. I don't know. Uh, well, awesome. Uh, next one is you're running to meltdown. Um, I would say that's probably in the slot for things usually like pyroclasm. Um, is uh, you know the uh, what is it? In- is it Inquisition of Kozilek? I forget the the Kozilek sweeper. That's, that's uh, no, that's no, it's the, not. It's not Inquisition. Inquisition. That's the, the discard. In- yeah, that's the discard spell. It's the oh the, the two and a red one yeah it's the, two and a red instant it's it's colorless so right. it gets around mother of ruins but you know meltdown is kind of your, your sweeper of choice is uh what uh, the long and short of what i'm getting at uh is eight cast just that much of a problem uh for the deck eight cast like i at my local shop prior to the very last time i went uh was there was like all delver there just mm-hmm. like this past Friday, but it was small. It was a smaller one. But prior to that, it's been like, I mean, like four to five people there, like playing eight cast. And it's, uh, I'm playing it every single time I go. Like, you know, multiple people are running it. Um, I mean, at the like the top tables, I was literally, there was one round where I'm playing against eight cast and I look to my right and it's an eight cast mirror. <laughs> so it's like, it's literally all over the, to the point where, like I said, I've made a couple of changes to my sideboard since then. I now on top of the two meltdowns and the abrade that's in the sideboard there, I now have an energy flux as well. Oh man. So <laughs> just yeah. Two just... and a blue enchantment, uh, all artifacts gain at the beginning of uh, your upkeep sacrifice this artifact unless you pay two yeah geez so just eight cast fever is sweeping the nation um but yeah i can see i mean meltdown you can just fire off for a single red take care of you know all their thopter tokens as well as you know probably hit a couple value targets um i just always felt conflicted on meltdown because it's not actually that good against things like you know kappa and the uh the thought cast thopter just because those are so expensive. You're never actually going to cast meltdown for that, that much. So there, there was one time where I was literally one mana off. of cash And that's always the way, right? Like I'm sitting there. I'm like, All right. I'm one man off from hard casting Emrakul. If I could just draw a Lotus. Petal, yeah. like, oh, it's like you never get it. You never get it. That just tempts. Yeah, you. that's true. Um, th- that being said though, there are a bunch, I think at that point I was at four pyroblast effects to my board. I've since gone down to three, but you, you have the pyroblast. You also have the abrade, um, to deal with kappas. Um, so that hits those. And then, um, but also if you're, I mean, if you're melting them down, usually they're not going to get a cap out like turn one. Like it's usually like maybe they'll get it turned two. So you're but, you're uh, firing off firing off the meltdowns like fast and early. You're not trying like see my downfall is I always I always like I sandbag those cards and I'm like I'm always waiting for the perfect moment to use it because I'm that guy who like finishes the the shooter with the same two grenades that I started the game with because I I'm always waiting for the perfect opportunity to use it and then never do because I'm I'm just a hoarder. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. No. I do the same. Yeah. Like potions or whatever yep. in, in video games. Yeah. I'm never using anything um so 
in my experience, so once you have the meltdowns, obviously it's a sideboard game, so they know what they're playing against. And uh, most of the eight cast players, they're all, they're keeping hands that are reactive against you. Like they're gonna have counter spells. They're gonna like they're not gonna have like the super aggro hand. In fact, they'll be taking some of that stuff out. I think for like counter spell because they're siding in the extra force of negations that type of thing mm -hmm. um so usually they won't be quite as fast post board um and so I'm not, I'm not saying like i run out there like turn one or whatever but uh usually like after their second turn is usually when i want to be running that out gotcha. um so like something like they'll, they'll either have like a chalice in play at that point um They'll have, you know, they, I mean, all their little baubles and everything, their mox opals or whatever. Um, I mean, you usually are hitting like four things. If you're playing at turn two, it's usually taking out like four cards. And yeah, I mean, it's it's been good. I, I don't even know to what extent I need the two and the energy flux because I <laughs> literally haven't. I've been playing it constantly. I mean, I played it at the tournament. I think I played it twice at the tournament um, before this one. And then at this tournament i played it multiple times i played it again in the top eight um so it's all over the place i've yet to lose to it um and i like obviously some of that is the meltdowns but i actually think sneak and show does really well uh, against eight cast partially because there have been multiple times where they've landed chalice against me and like yeah what i love so about like unless you're casting chalice for six, we're not we're not right. carrying that much. Like <laughs> you got six mana on casting right. chalice. All right, now I'm a little worried. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it's a pain. Like I mean, post board obviously can shut off your your pyroblast type effects and everything. But um, yeah, I, I I love being able to just win in spite of that. Like because as a combo player, you know, I chalice is just like anathema to me. I I yeah. I absolutely abhor <laughs> that card. But uh, yeah. Um, at, yeah, at the end of the day, I, I think if you're taking out everything around the Kappa, like, okay, I'll match your Kappa up against my Gristle brand, like, mm -hmm. or my, you know, Emberthal Progenitus. Yeah, the Kappa's not really getting bigger if you uh, kind of wipe the board and prevent them from doing anything else. Yeah. And, and like I said, you, you will be able to, you know, you've got the Soul Lands, you've got the Lotus Petals, you have the Spirit Guide. Like, you will be able to hit it with a Red Blaster and a Break. Yeah, I mean, you melt down, you're clearing the uh, the Chalices, which just then opens it up for the Pyroblast and Red Blast. And yeah, that was the next thing I want to mention. You're running four copies in total, you know, two Pyroblast, two Red Elemental Blast. I'm guessing that is just due to, you know, the, the high prevalence of not just Kappa, but, you know, eight cast Thopter. And then, of course, you know, Blue Red Delver. You know, if Blue Red Delver's running four copies of, uh, you know, Red Blast effects, you know, we want to be running four copies too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's uh, definitely Delver and also even the Jeskai is undoing decks. The, uh, like, there, there's so many. I mean, uh, even like Doomsday, it helps against, even though it's not, you know, phenomenal against it because it, you know, it doesn't help counter the Doomsday itself. But, you know, usually you'll have something else like a Force of Will or whatever to fight over it and then you help, you know, you help your force of will win the fight as opposed to just winning it. Yep. Uh, with yep. that one. 
Um, and then for your graveyard hate, I mean, pretty much every sneak and show list is going to have some amount of graveyard hate in it. Uh, not least of all, because, you know, reanimator and dredge tend to be some of our worst matchups. <laughs> you know, they tend to just be a little bit faster than us. Uh, but what I find interesting is your graveyard choice. You know, I usually tend to lean on, uh, graph diggers cage and surgical extraction as my graveyard hate of choice. And you actually go with the relic of progenitus, which is not something I've seen that, that much recently. So, so I have since switched these back to surgicals. However, okay. the, the thinking, the thinking at this point, uh, was to help, uh, against specifically to be able to put those in against Delver and to be able to stop, uh, like you can slow roll it and you mm -hmm. can help stop the, um, what do you call them? Red one drops, the, the Darcy's from, nope. uh, you know, hitting critical mass there. And, and then you can use it, you know, to block out the uh, Merc Tides from hitting, which wound up actually playing out. Uh, it, that worked, yeah, because uh, that was the other thing. Is like, I mean, when we first saw Relic Predators, uh, a big use of it was, you know, keeping people from casting Tomb Stalkers, <laughs> and you know, right, yep. Tomb Stalkers turned into Gurmag Anglers, which turned into Merc Tides. So you know, the the you know the band may change, but the song is the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that that was the idea. I mean, it it does do that. I do. I think part of what uh, convinced me to go back to the surgical is, is the point that you made in your article on the epicstorm.com where uh, you were talking about how, you know, you can use it as a pseudo Jataxian probe mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, all right, what is in their hand? Can I yeah. go off? Like uh, if I do this, well, you know, what do they have? Um, and I think that is way more valuable than, you know, most people initially think of when they think of, you know, just surgical as a form of graveyard hate. Yep. And I, I've also been burned by Relic of Progenitus in the in the past where I was playing that game, you know, slow roll them, slow roll them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I I tap it, tap the Relic of Progenitus, get them to remove a card, and like, okay, you know, sack fetch, brainstorm ponder, Merktide Regent. Like I, I I actually had more, you know. You play that you play that game of chicken, you're like, do I need to pop the relic now or can I keep it an extra turn? And then they it, you know, blows up in your face. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that 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 is part of the reason I've <laughs> I've been converted back. Awesome. And then just to kind of round out the sidebar, you did mention the brain already, but uh, running to Blood Moon, which is, you know, been an off and on staple of the, the sneak and show sideboard. There are times where it's like you'd be crazy not to run Blood Moon and other times when, you know, you wouldn't, you know, bother sleeving it up. You, did you feel it was good in this tournament or what's your overall take on it? Um, so it didn't ultimately wind up coming up in this tournament in the the one leading up to it the day the like two days before or whatever there was a hilarious match where i was up against the jeskai control deck and we we both sideboarded in blood moons we both wound up playing blood moons because he it wound up screwing and helping both of us at the same because right. like he had a caracas which it shut off but then I had a Besaju, which it shut off. Yeah. And so like I all my stuff's counterable, but he doesn't have his Caracas. And the game went ridiculously long. It was a very amusing thing. But in this particular tournament, um, I actually didn't wind up siding them in at all. But I it was in there because um another uh opponent I'd had that previous tournament was on eight mulch, which I'd seen a little bit around uh the shop as well. Um so you know, if eight mulch is big, there's also a green post player um 
there's, you know, some people who will occasionally be on like Eldrazi style decks or Karn style decks. So, uh, you know, I, I just, when it's good, it's phenomenal. So I'll, I'll take like the cards that are just complete haymakers in a matchup over just give me like the extra slight percentage points against, you know, yeah, whatever it is. I, I feel, so where I'm currently on on Blood Moon is that um, I don't even just think it's a meta shift. It's so much as it's just like a player psychology shift that, you know, ever since Arkham's Astrolabe, players just respect basics more. Like before Arkham's Astrolabe was printed, there were like a, I would say the majority of Legacy didn't sleeve up a single basic. Like there wasn't a single basic in probably like 60% of Legacy decks. And then Arkham's Astrolabe came out. And even though Arkham's Astrolabe was, has been banned for, you know, years at this point, People just respect the basic more and they're they're playing more of them in their lists when previously they would have been much greedier with the mana base. And I just feel Blood Moon has never really recovered from that. Like it's it's just like the psychology of how people build mana bases has changed. I completely agree hundred percent. That has definitely occurred. It's definitely occurred with me. I mean, you were commenting early how I have the the extra basics now. And that definitely, you know, as a combo player in the past, you know, we would definitely be you know, all over the place with mana to, you know, give me all these colors. All these yeah. Colors. Just the greediest of mana bases. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, back, back in the day, tests would be on like, you know, gemstone caverns and, you know, <laughs> yep. yeah. So, but I, I completely think you're right. The people are definitely using more basics now. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's mostly in there for those matchups where it is like, you know, they, they're either playing a land style deck or they're playing, you know, a Karn style or, or like post style deck. Not so much for the, like, you know, the ones where you gain the marginal percentage yep. points or yep. whatever. Well, awesome. And then, oh, I can't, can't forget one of my favorite cards. You're running the lonely defense grid. Just the one of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I have since actually cut. I've cut. Uh, the defense. I think that that's probably, <laughs> I guess what wound up earning the energy flux. Uh, that's spot. the energy flux. Gotcha. I just love defense grid. Cause I just love going like turn one ancient tomb defense grid, turn two Island show and tell like, that that line of play is very difficult for a lot of decks to to beat. So defense grid either it either wins you the game, I feel, or it or it just eats the force of will. And yeah. you know, either either situation I'm fine with. <laughs> yeah, I feel like most of the time it's gonna eat the force of will or the days, but that's perfectly fine. I mean, that's what you're signing up for. That's what the you know, I'll take the two for one. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's talk about your day. You want to kind of just run us through how the uh, the tournament went for you? Yeah, sure. So uh, the first round, I actually wound up playing against Blue Red Delver, which, uh, you know, that's obviously not what you want to see as a Seek and Show player. Arguably uh, the deck's worst matchup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, I was able to obscure long enough because I didn't have a particularly fast hand, but I had uh, a lot of uh, counter magic in it in game one. I was able to obscure long enough that I was on this, and he was just playing hyper-aggressive Delver. Like, he drops a Delver turn one, turn two in his upkeep. He brainstorms to flip it. Um, and he just like, is trying to aggro me down. He pegs me, I assume on blue, red Delver. And then finally I'm like, you know, try and show and tell he counters it. I let it go, go again, show and tell counter, counter back, you know, land it, put a gristle brand into play. You know, the game ends. Uh, game two, he wound up getting there. He just had way too fast of a start and he had, you know, a counter and I couldn't, you know, it's just one of those where it's like, all right, we get down, you know, uh, a channeler and we get down a Delver 
they both immediately are swinging for three apiece and you know he's he's able to defend himself um and then game three uh i wind up going uh like turn one i like play a fetch land or something he goes turn one uh like ponder and then i go turn two i draw beside you and i'm like okay i play i play the beside you he, he he looks at it he like reads it you know like, oh, fuck and he, he uh you know draws his card for the turn he ponders he, he you know shuffles draws the card and uh you know winds up passing back and uh you know show and tell emra cole yeah that is the one good thing about you know blue red delver is like once we get a fatty in play it's it's game over like i don't think i've i've really ever lost against blue red delver after resolving an emercool or grizzlebrand compared to like other decks where like you get a grizzlebrand or emercool out and like you still gotta be on your toes you know especially grizzlebrand just you know eating a eating a uh, source of plowshares or something like that <laughs> yeah i mean nowadays they do have like the brazen borrowers um some of them uh which, but I mean, usually if you're getting, I mean, A, that's not going to be able to hit the Emrakul. Yeah. And uh, B, if it's, you know, if it's a Gristle brand that you've got in there, you know, you're drawing seven, you'd hope that you'd be able to counter it at that point. Um, but other than that, I mean, I guess they could get a sufficiently big Merc Tide. Um, but it, it, again, then you're just, you know, if you draw seven and then you just ram it into it to gain the life back or whatever, you'd hope you'd be able to, you know, get an Emrakul out there or something. Right. Um, yeah, so that, that was how round one went. I felt pretty good about that. Uh, round two was against Jeskai Days Undoing. Okay. And, uh, game one, I cannot remember who won game one and who won game two, but they both were like complete nail biters, like went down to the very end. And, um, then game three was one of the, like, most ridiculous games I've been in a while. We we were going back and forth, back and forth. This is the one where I, I um, landed my um, hermit, and then he, you know, winds up aiming a uh, swords at it. I wind up sacking it in response, and I play it again. He forces it. Um, it gets to a point where he has that um, what is it, the wandering emperor or whatever. He has one oh, of those yeah. out. He creates uh, a samurai. He then plays another of the the emperor, creates another samurai, and he's he's swinging at me uh, for like four a turn, and I've got like nine life, right? I've got a fetch land in play. I'm like, I was thinking about trying to thin my deck because I have I have him at on my sheet. I have him at seventeen, okay, and uh, I'm trying to think like what can I do here? Like I was like, should I thin? I was like, no. I, if I take the life loss, then that's like you know, one last turn. So I can't even do that. So I'm, I'm drawing, like I get nothing. He swings at me again. I'm now at one life. I'm like, I, there's nothing even in my deck that can salvage this. Like what the heck can I do? And I, I pull an Emrakul off the top. I'm like, okay, sneak this in. And he looks at the, the board and he goes like this. And I'm like, <laughs> like he you know, puts his hand in his head in his hands. And I'm like, I mean, like, okay, this is bad, but you can like sack, like you have enough lands and everything. And then I look at his sheet and I realize I missed 
one of his he had a um he was running uh ancient tombs on his list and i missed one of his ancient tomb taps and he was at exactly 15 (laughs) and he was like he's like wait that is flying right i'm like yeah (laughs) it was like exact he's because he had used an ancient tomb i like i it was like a crazy it was literally the only thing that could have gotten it in that moment um so yeah that that was how that one ended um then we get to the point where it's you know eight cast uh i go up against that and um game one um i just do my thing um i think he had a counter spell i countered back and landed in emrakul and then you know hit him with it and then that was basically it uh game two uh basically he he gets a chalice out he forces um an initial attempt on my part to show and tell and then i wind up meltdowning uh his chalice and like you know maybe four other artifacts that that he has out in play there um and then it was just a matter of time, but, you know, eventually like, I forget whether it was like sneak and tack or, or show and tell, whatever it was that wound up getting something in there. Um, I then, I'm pretty sure I would then wind up playing eight cast again. And, uh, you know, same basic thing. Like the deck does its, does its thing. And, you know, yep. uh, and then, so then it's a draw. We were able to draw into the top eight. Um, and then at that point in the top eight, I, I wind up getting paired against another player on eight cast. And, uh, this game, I had like some of the most, like the most ridiculous luck I've ever had. Like <laughs> I, game one, uh, I just like have it immediately. He has, uh, a force. Um, I'm able to force back. Like, uh, I wind up winning the game, uh, off of a fatty. Game two, he winds up uh, beating me just barely. Mm-hmm. And, but then game three, we get to uh, <laughs> we get to a point where, uh, first of all, I, this is the one where I wind up upbraiding a um, a Kappa Cannoneer, <laughs> which I just thought was hysterical at the time. And then, but I obviously you're taking some damage from Soul Lands when you're doing that. Um, he gets me very low and then I proceed to go like three turns in a row. I go show and tell he counters it sneak attack. He counters it <laughs> sneak attack. He's like, are you, yeah. He's like, must be nice. Must be nice. Well, you know. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you get those, you know? Right. Uh, yeah. That's, those are the matches that give sneak and show like it's bad name with non seek and show players where they just like bitch and moan about how unfair the deck is. And it's like, it's not always this good guys, yeah. but when it is this good, <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> those are, those are the games that we're, uh, that we're playing for, you know, <laughs> I loved the, the other week you said something effective, like, uh, <laughs> thank you to jane goodall for teaching us sign language all those years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true it's true uh, yeah that was definitely one of those games <laughs> oh man <laughs> yeah I, I had a good laugh at <laughs> oh awesome awesome so that one went went you know was very friendly in in your uh your favor <laughs> yes yeah definitely and, and then it was top four and we wound up, uh, there was one player who was like a little resistant to uh, 
to split. And I also was like, uh, I was kind of hoping somebody else would be like, all right, let's play or whatever. But uh, the other two guys and like the shop was like, uh, you know, you guys want to, you want to split maybe you want to split yeah. like, cause they wanted to get home and everything. Uh, so we wound up splitting at that point. Um, yeah. So that was, that was the tournament. Um, I will awesome. say that since that, that at this point now, that was something like three weeks or so ago. Now with Delver being as huge of a percentage of the metagame as it is, and the fact that they're running all these main deck pyroblasts, uh, it is uh, a little um, concerning to be sleeping, to be sleeping up uh, Sneak and Show at this exact moment in time. Although I think this might be relatively short-lived. Like I, I think a lot of people... I mean, the, the Pittsburgh SCG is coming up. I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people try and like level to the metagame and they're, you know, not coming with Delver, but coming with, you know, the stuff that beats Delver. I would, because it, it just seems like everyone in their, like, how can you go to that tournament and not be ready to beat Delver? I, right. I like, I don't even know what you'd be thinking. You're, you're hoping that you're going to dodge that. Like, yeah, sure. You can dodge it for a few rounds, but I mean, it's going to be all over the top tables. You would think. So I, I don't know. I, I, it might be, uh, I think if it's not a good time right now, I think it will be in short order, but I, I don't know. It's, it's just concerning when you see Delver running. Yeah. <laughs> multiple pyroblast made. It is. It is a little nervous. So do you think you're, you're probably not going to sleeve up sneak and show again? Or are you going to run it back? You know, what, how are you feeling? So I, I secretly think, well, maybe now not so secretly. I think Slivers is actually decent right now. And this is oh, one of my like, okay. pet decks that I love to like bring out every once in a while. And um, like I saw, I was looking just before that tournament, actually. Um, like I was like, oh, let's see if there's any Slivers list. And I see like Daniel Noons had, a, you know, the, the Slivers player, the only guy. I think everybody on like Magic Online knows like, okay, Daniel Noons, he's the Sliver guy. Um he had a uh, new list up that had placed like uh, I think he got second at a tournament by him, like maybe a week or so before this tournament. And uh, it had new, my main concern with slivers at this point was uh, Merc tide. Like it's like, okay, they put a huge Merc tide in front of you. And like, that's kind of an issue. Um, but he winds up putting in the uh, what's it, venom sliver, which gives all your stuff death touch. And that combined with like striking sliver, which gives them first strike. Like, I, I, I think slivers is a, obviously you've got crystalline sliver, which gives everything shroud. You've got like stuff like hibernation sliver, which allows you to bounce things if they get targeted. Like, I think slivers is actually in a really decent position. Obviously, it has trouble with combo game one, but then you're siding in chalices, you're sliding in force of negations. You already have force of wills. Although Noons' last list didn't have Force of Wills, but I would always be running Force of Wills in it. Um, and then you've got uh, Ley Lines, and then you've got Harmonic Slivers, which are obviously great with uh, eight cast running around everywhere. So I actually think Slivers is an interesting pick right now. Like Fairdex, I, like I ran that at a tournament recently, and I was up against uh, a Death and Taxes player, and it just felt like so good. It felt so good against that because they they can't use any of their removal. They, you know, if you've got your uh, crystalline sliver out there, they can't do anything. 
Um, and it's just like, okay, wait for my slivers to destroy your aether vials, destroy your batter skulls, all that. A cauldron complete can be a little bit of an issue, but um, mm. yeah, I, th- I think slivers is like a hidden, hidden decent deck. Although the other hilarious thing that I noticed from that tournament when I was looking at Daniel Nunes' list is there's four Nunes's in the top eight of that tournament. It's, it's like a it's like 28 <laughs> man tournament or something. And the top eight, half of it is Nunes's. And I want to know the family like, reunion. Yeah. Is this, is this like, like just some phenomenal magic playing family? And they're all just like these great magic players or are they, is it like some joke around there that like, they're all part of his sliver hive or something. And they, you know, I don't know, but they, they've got a Daniel Nunes. They've got a, Danilo Noons, a Diego Noons, and a Lucas Noons. So I, you know, Lucas, I guess they changed the naming convention up there. But uh, <laughs> a lot of Noons is down in Brazil right now, uh, raising some hell in Magic tournaments. Oh man, that's crazy! <laughs> oh, awesome. I guess anything you wanted to kind of close out the uh, the deck with before we kind of move on? Any any last thoughts about Sneak It Show? And Sneak It Show. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that once the extra pyroblast and everything cool it a bit, I do think Sneak and Show is pretty well positioned. I think if you're running, like, I, I really think Besaju is, especially if you're using it as an extra land, like you were talking about, like, you don't want to have to be sacrificing the land space, but if you're willing to sacrifice a spell for it, um, just having the, like, you can't do anything button, mm-hmm. I think is really strong even though like Delver can have the wastelands or whatever, I, I typically try and bait those out. Um, like what I was saying with volcanics first. Um, I, I think it's, I mean, it's always a really good deck, obviously eight cast. Eight, I've yet to lose against eight cast with it. Um, and I think that's a you know, significant deck around here recently. And then you've got, you know, uh, You've got blood moons and everything for a lot of the lands based. I, I, I don't know. It's a good deck. I, I mean, clearly, you know, you uh, <laughs> think similarly, but uh, yep. <laughs> I don't know how you think it's positioned right now. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I think once again, you need to see confirmation first. I think that the number of pyroblasts is going down. But uh, yep. once that occurs, I think that, yeah, it's just as good as pretty much anything you could be hoping for. right yeah i mean i'm still gonna be using it you know <laughs> I'm, you're not gonna hear me uh trying to dissuade you otherwise <laughs> uh awesome well uh before we get out of here i did just want to chat with you see what your take is on the new uh spoilers that are coming out specifically the new obnixilis not that it's gonna see play in sneak and show but how do you feel about it as uh, as a legacy playable card Yes, so I guess hey, maybe we should like uh, read this off for those who haven't. Yeah, good call. Uh, seen it yet? I, I have it here. Omnixilis uh, uh, the adversary is the card we're talking about. It's one a black and a red. It's a planeswalker. It comes in with three loyalty. It has a new, I guess, ability called Casualty X. Uh, the copy isn't legendary and has starting loyalty X. Uh, and then it explains what Casualty is, which is. As you cast this spell, you may sacrifice a creature with power X. When you do, copy this spell. The copy becomes a token. Uh, and then you, it's got plus one. Each opponent loses two life unless they discard a card. 
if you control a demon or a devil, you gain two life. The minus two is create a one, one red devil creature token with quote, when this creature dies, it deals one damage to any target. And then the minus seven is target player draws seven cards and loses seven life. A, a familiar uh, ability mm-hmm. to sneak and show <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, so so what, what's your thoughts? I mean, first of all, the loyalty abilities are decent. It, it passes the Jace test. Well, I guess somewhat you, you could debate on that ultimate, but uh, I feel the real value in it is just the, the two for one nature of it. Um, you know, while you are sacrificing a creature to make that token, that token's coming into play and making a creature right away. So it's almost kind of like a, you know, a null and void sacrifice. Yeah. I mean, I, I obviously you're going to be looking for some type of a situation where like, I don't know if you're running this in some type of a Grixis list, maybe that runs Snapcasters, like, so you can like pitch a Snapcaster to it. Um, even though I know recently Grixis hasn't been running them because, you know, Snapcaster and Hidetsugu like uh, aren't best friends. Yeah. But um, uh, either that or you want, you know, obviously something that wants to be sacrificed. I don't know what that would be off the top of my head, but I mean, even like a Baleful, Baleful Strix, I guess, you know, you can just dump that after you've gotten the card off of it. If if you're, you know, in a matchup where you don't need it's blocking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, it, it's definitely interesting. I, in a control matchup, I mean, it has a decent clock. I mean, they're, if you got two of these out, right, which, you know, ostensibly you're always going to be landing two. Uh you know, you've got them losing four life a turn. I doubt they're going to be dumping cards to this too often, but you know, that's a pretty significant clock. Um, yeah. And then like, it, it, that's just, if you're ticking up with it. And then obviously, I mean, if you ultimate, you know, it's a gristle brand activation, you're, you're probably winning the game at that point. Right. I, yeah. Right. I, I think this is definitely interesting. Oh, will it see legacy play i don't know for sure but i definitely think some people are going to be toying around with it what do you what do you uh think about it yeah for sure i mean i actually really like the devils it makes because it's not the sacrifice to deal one damage it's the when it dies it deals one damage so um you know it can effectively be a two one when uh trading on the defense which is always relevant and especially against things like like thalia like usually against uh you know thalia can be difficult with the first strike but this ju- these tokens ensure that uh you know the thalias can't get through and you know stop stop bothering you um i guess the real question is like what deck actually wants this you know right now the main black red deck is reanimator do you think reanimator is going to sleeve this up i would be very surprised <laughs> it's uh it doesn't really kind of fit into it so if reanimator is not running this what is and i do kind of struggle to think of you know a deck that would actually be playing this just because black red is not i mean black in general is just not a very popular color these days but hey maybe this is the card that turns it around and kind of brings black back to the meta yeah i mean i i could see it in grixis lists but i i you know uh, the, the issue is it does like I, I think what you'd be looking to sacrifice to it are like snapcasters or whatever and they have been erring away from those recently I, maybe they'd get back on them for something like this so they'd have the fodder for it but yep. uh, yeah I, I don't know what else would really be looking at it it makes you wonder like all right so even if something like Grixis Delver did come back into the meta 
is this better than Liliana the Veil or uh, uh, what's the zomb- the other three drop Lily that makes a bunch of zombies? L- Liliana of the zombies, whatever her name is. Yeah, right. <laughs> you all know what I'm saying. To- one it, black, black. One it doesn't matter because like they don't see play anymore. Like no one, no one runs them anymore. So it's just, I mean, if if Grix- so if Grixis comes back and if this is better than Liliana's then yes, it would see play. So uh, it kind of feels like a few too many, too many ifs for me, but it is definitely a sweet card that I hope sees playing. Yeah. I mean, just to clarify, well, at least what I was saying, like I, I'm talking about like a Grixis control type list over a Grixis Delver. But... Oh yeah. Yeah. So more of the kind of like Coslix return style. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah but, you know, deck. Yeah. So like snap casting and, and getting back all types of, you know, discard and all that good stuff. Yep, or not not Kazalik's return. There's too many Kazalik the, cards. The, 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 I, I, um, Col- Col- I Coligan, command. command. That's yeah, what I, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Not Ka- <laughs> uh, <laughs> you've been playing. We've been playing this game too long. They're all just right. blurring yeah. together. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. Before yeah, before you meant that one, and you were saying uh, Inquisition of Kazalik. Yeah, I know. I have that type of. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we all have those uh, for certain cards. <laughs> we're just, we're just, we're all like in the legacy retirement home, and we're all like sun sundowning. <laughs> yeah, we're just having having little like memory spot failures. It's okay. It's okay. We're <laughs> if you if you have uh, had a senior moment when thinking of magic cards, hit that <laughs> hit that subscribe button. <laughs> uh, Awesome. Awesome. Well, yeah, uh, hopefully we'll see it. Uh, we are seeing a bunch more spoilers come out as well. I don't think we're going to get into them tonight. Um, but uh, do you have any kind of first impressions about, about the new set? I mean, it looks interesting. I definitely like the idea, like it, it being like kind of like a mob boss, you know, like 1920s. Is that the theme? I, I was trying to figure out. I haven't read like any announcements or anything about it. So I had no idea what the theme was. Most of what I know about it has come from just hearing other people like, have you heard about this like controversy about um, like wizards was like encouraging stores to give out some type of a drink or something uh, at events? Because there's some. Oh, it's like a prohibition themed set. Well, yeah, there's some type of like elixir or something that's sold in this world. I forget what it's called, but um, it's. Basically, the idea is that some people are saying that it's kind of like a drug. They're saying it's kind of, Wizards is saying it's kind of like mana, that it's not like a drug. It's like an energy thing or whatever. Um, But the, you know, hubbub is that like people are suggesting that Wizards is handing out drinks to these, or they're telling stores to hand out drinks to these kids that are, like they're calling some type of whatever it's called. like, just, let's just say it's called mana for the second, for the moment or whatever. Like, it's like, Oh yeah. Do you know, give them out like colored drinks or whatever and call it mana and, and like, you know, whatever, it'll be a fun little, you know, adding to the ambiance of the pre-release or whatever. Um, people Which, are losing their shit over that. Yeah, I mean, People are like, Oh, you're, you're essentially is like drug dealing the kids that are try- like, which I, I don't know. I think that's a little bit of an overreach and I'm probably somewhat uh, mischaracterizing their argument, but like that's I'm going to channel like, my, I'm going to channel my inner Pat and just be like, this is exactly why I got off magic Twitter and magic Facebook <laughs> and all that's because just, just shut up. Just, just enjoy I, it. <laughs> that is uh yeah. So I think people are 
a little too quick these days to like, oh, is there something we're mad about, guys? Like, yeah, yeah, let's get real mad about this. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> well, I, I think it's not that big of a deal. But uh, yeah, so anyway, though, I think that, um, yeah, it, it is like there's like mob families or something. And maybe they're not all mob family, but there's like different, you know how they've got like, there's like, you know, Boros and Selesnia and all that stuff. I think there's like families that have certain color combination. I think there's like a Grixis. I was going to say, it looks like we're, we got another shard block. It looks like, cause just about every card spoiled so far is a three color card. And Wizards is also bringing back the, uh, the hybrid mana costs. So hybrid mana is making a return. And then, yeah, just about every card spoiled so far is three different mana colors. So looks like it's going to be another like Shards of Alara style, you know, three, three color, which I wonder if they're finally like completing that, that cycle. Cause I don't know if we've ever actually, well, I guess in the uh, Kamigawa, we completed the cycle, but um, yeah, it definitely looks like it's not just a multicolor set. It is a, you know, three colors matter multicolor set yeah i think i think each each of the like i think it's like different crime families and each of them has a uh maybe one of them isn't crime but i i think that's the idea is there crime families and each of them is like you know one's crixis one's you know whatever yeah i will say wizards you're you're coming real close you're almost giving us what you want as far as a replacement for dual lands the land cycle of this set is uh try basics but they come into play tapped so we got like xander's lounge which is an island swamp mountain that comes into play tapped and has cycling three that that's interesting like i'm well we might see some of these try lands you know make appearances in like lands or maybe not eight mulch but just kind of we have seen other similar lands this, you know, creep up in legacy. Um, I don't think it's going to be quite the uh, replacement for dual lands that everyone's asking for though. <laughs> oh yeah, no, certainly not. <laughs> Anything that has comes into play tapped written on it is just not going to quite be good enough, but it is cool that uh, you can, you can um, fetch these with basic, I almost any, any, uh, almost any fetch lands you can find this with. Um, so that, that'll be cool. Just having another option. I'm sure the commander players at the very least will be happy about them, <laughs> but awesome. Well, thanks so much, Brian, for joining me and, uh, you know, carrying uh Pat's dead weight across the finish line. Really appreciate it. <laughs> uh, happy to, you know, happy to lift whatever weight needs to be lifted around here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Uh, well, yeah, thank you very much. Definitely keep us updated. Hope you're, uh, keep the sneak and show train going and, uh, brings you more success in the future. Yeah. Hopefully I'll make it up to a, uh, whenever you guys have the next, uh, leaving legacy, you know, open, try yeah. and make it up for that. Definitely. Uh, we should have dates for that coming out soon. Uh, we were talking to Michelle, the store owner, uh, just the other day. So just waiting for her to kind of lock it in and then we'll make the announcement. Um, do you want to let our listeners know if any of them want to get in contact with you? Do you like stream or do anything like that? I don't stream. I have similar to you, like gotten off of uh, magic Twitter. Um, <laughs> Social media. I, am, I do uh, check in quite a bit on the, um, the leaving a legacy Facebook group. Um, there is a uh, discord for, I mean, I guess you, you could get a hold of me if you, ta- you can tag me at the uh, B North in um, the sneak and show uh, discord, or there is actually 
a like New Jersey scene discord that uh, I guess when this airs, I might um, either post a link to it in uh, the Leaving Legacy Facebook group or um, if you're if you are in the New York, New Jersey, you know, that base, you know, maybe Philly area, uh, you can hit me up and um, I'll get you in there because you it's probably a good idea to join uh, Ben Mason, a uh, big uh, player in the area has been trying to grow this discord and he's done a pretty good job. Um, and uh, we've got like a good number of players in here now. And most of, I'd say 90% of the New Jersey uh, legacy scene is pretty much in this discord at this point. So if you want, if you want to know what's going on or you want to be in any type of a carpool or whatever, if you're in the New York, New Jersey area, uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make a post or something in the group and uh, definitely hit me up. Awesome. Hell yeah. Sounds good. Uh, well, that is it for us this week. Join us next week. Check us out on Patreon and definitely the Leaving a Legacy Facebook group. That's uh, your source uh, for all things Leaving a Legacy related and always down for people to share their legacy content and upcoming tournaments, especially me. I'm getting long in the tooth. I'm not on the, uh, the social medias anymore. So sometimes I miss these big tournaments going down. So if you got any, uh, you know, big tournaments coming up either for your store that you go to or a friend's store or anything like that. Yeah. Definitely feel free to post them up on the, uh, the leaving a Facebook group and let people know about it. Uh, until then we will see you all later. Come on down to